Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live once again from Crown Cigars and Nails in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I am one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Shane Reeves. I like when you come in with a lot of energy. Until I blow out your eardrums? Yeah, now I'm having, I want to be conducting the rest of the show <laughs> with only one eardrum. <laughs> But I really appreciate the energy tonight. We're here at Crown Cigars. We got our cigars in our hand. I feel like I've gone back to the Stone Age. I had a lighter malfunction, so I'm actually going to light up with a match. Oh, you are going old school. Now, are you planning to use that piece of cedar in your hand, or are you just looking at it? No, I'm just playing with it because it feels good. Uh, But uh, the reason I have it in my hand is because it was the cedar sleeve to the cigar I'm going to smoke tonight. I am reaching into the Wayback Machine, although I really thought this was a much older cigar than it than it is. It was released in 2014. It's the San Latano the Bull. This is a great, really spice-forward, full-flavored, full-bodied cigar that I remember having when it first came out. And it's one of those that I walk by in the humidor all the time, and you're such an SOB that you beat me to the cigar that I wanted to smoke tonight, tonight so I had to put do a last-minute line change and so uh, we're going with this. It's about a $10 stick. I'm smoking the Toro size, as I am wont to do. So it's a 6 by 52 um, It's just a great, I think it's an Ecuadorian wrapper, so it's nice and oily. It gives me everything that I'm looking for in a cigar. And honestly, I'm just really ready to get one lit up. Well, why don't you light that up, and I'll talk about what I'm about to smoke. All right. I've got a CAO Amazon Basin. Now, this cigar only comes out every three years. Every three years or so, they decide to make this cigar. It is made with a special tobacco grown in the Amazon um, rainforest called Braganca. So it's a different tobacco. And then when they make this, the filler is Dominican, Colombian, and Brazilian Braganca. The binder is Nicaraguan, which is unusual for me. Usually I'll find a Nicaraguan filler, but it's rare to find a Nicaraguan binder. And then the wrapper is an Ecuadorian Sumatra. There's a lot going on in that cigar. There is. And here's what I love about this cigar. You can actually smoke through the band. <laughs> that it, is true. It just has the twisted tobacco band. But now, if they, if CAO had asked me, Shane, we'd like you to make this cigar, I'd have put two bands on it. I would have liked to have about three inches down, put another band on it so that you get the smoke through the band. So Wouldn't that you actually get the, the cigar flavor that it was intended with the smokable band rather than at the end when it's kind of already tainted a little bit. Well, and wouldn't it be liberating to finally smoke the band and not worry about burning your fingers? I mean, that would be extremely liberating for me, but I'm about to cut this joker and smoke it. And also, tell me what your weekend cigars has been like, Trey. Well, I wanted to kind of start the show or at least launch into the show. You know, it's it's kind of... One of those eerie moments that I just wanted to address where we were talking last week on the show about your, your new dog, Ace, and you mentioned that uh, that you had named him after Batman's dog, and I just thought it was really fitting that I closed last week's show with Same Bat Time, Same Bat Channel when we lost one of the great ones this weekend in Mr. Adam West. Uh, that was one of those things that he played Batman before I got... Bef- well before I was even a glimmer. I think my dad was still a glimmer. <laughs> and uh, But I had fallen in love with his portrayal of the character and, and watched the show. And so it was, a, it, was a real, it was a real 
dark moment for, for comic book and Batman fans across the country and across the world this weekend. So I just thought it was funny the way the world juxtaposed itself. Well, and it's interesting that, you know, he played Batman during what was called the Golden Age era. Mm-hmm. The villains were campy. The storylines, you know, the the um, one of the clips I seen on Facebook was him and Joker deciding via surfing contest. Yes. Which I really think that I would have loved to see Jared Leto and Ben <laughs> Affleck decide to do a surfing contest in the next Justice League movie. I'm, I'm rooting on the shark. <laughs> You're hoping he gets them both? Yes. <laughs> but he has the can of shark repellent. Well, if you have true. a can of shark repellent, what do you need a shark for? <laughs> Very, um, but I love that golden era. There, so there's been several, since we're going to talk about Batman for a minute. There's been several portrayals of Batman in animated series. There was the classic Warner Brothers Batman the animated series, which was on when I was young and in school. Mm-hmm. And that was more dark, more brooding, more serious, sophisticated, and that branched off into the Justice Leagues. But recently there was actually a cartoon, Batman Brave and the Bold. And it was that golden era, much like the original Batman 50s show. Oh, yeah. So... Really sad to see see Adam West go, and it was really interesting when you see not all superhero movies have to be end of the world cranky, right? And that was, yeah, that was one of those things about that. I think Chris Nolan got right when he kind of changed the script on superhero movies and made them a little bit more dark and brooding. But there's still a place for the fun. And I think I think Adam and his portrayal of the character reminded us of that on, you know, I can't say daily basis. It's been off the air for, you know, 45 years. But Are you kidding? It's still on TV land. I know. <laughs> they actually they actually ran a, a marathon of the whole series, including when they met Green Hornet. Oh, wow. On MeTV this weekend. I did not see that. But anyway, this is a show about cigars. <laughs> So, <laughs> stepping stepping back toward the cigars, but you know, one of my favorite parts of cigars, and I want to talk to about talk to this a little and talk about it a little tonight, is ritual. You know, I'm a big ritual person. I love the feeling. I love you know. Just now, I went back and lit my cigar with a match, and just the the difference in lighting with a lighter and a match, something felt out of place for me. I'm so used to my ritual of how I cut the cigar, how I light it, how it tastes, how that first flavor comes in. I don't know. What do you think? Well, see, that's one of the reasons that I love a soft flame lighter because it, it is, it fits my hand and it fits my ritual for lighting a cigar so well. If you watch me light a cigar, you'll notice I do it the exact same way every time. I always clip the same amount off the tip, you know, or off the cap. I'm not a moil. Uh, you know, and I, and I hold the cigar a certain way. I hold the lighter a certain way. I, I shield the soft flame a certain way. And it's the same every time. And it's just, for me, that's, that's like gentlemen start your engines, right? You know, it's, it's all that process. And that's what really kind of kicks off the relaxation part of it for me. Well, you know, and I, it was funny because my dad used to smoke cigarettes. And he would say, hold on, I need to have a cigarette and relax and think about this. And I would always, you know, being a teenager and knowing everything, would always say, cigarette's a stimulant, nicotine's a stimulant. You cannot have a, cigar- a cigarette and relax. 
and I didn't realize that it was that ritual that was relaxing him. It had nothing to do with the cigarette. Well, and it's funny, you know, I learned, I started smoking cigars in college, and I learned through just sort of self-diagnosis that I've got a little bit of hyperactive tendencies. Anyone who knows me can definitely attest to that. And so what I found was that once I discovered cigars, my ability to study went up because for people that are a little bit on the hyperactive side of things, it, it, it can the stimulant can have that opposite calming effect. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that as it, as it applies to cigarette smokers because one of my favorite stories actually applies to this very topic is my roommate in college was the guy who got me into cigars. He was also a member of a secret society that we had on campus at Baylor. And what's really funny is at the time he was a cigarette smoker. And you want to talk about ritual. I mean, it was down to the centimeter, the way he would pull the cigarette out, the way he would hold it in his hand, the way he would light it. The way, all of that was so uniquely him that, and the, this particular secret society wore the Groucho Marx glasses. Um, Obviously a high-class operation. Oh, yes. And so they all wore disguises when they were out because it's a secret society, right? And I was actually, even though I was roommates with him, I didn't know he was a member of, the, of this group until I happened to see the group out one time and I saw him light up a cigarette while he was in disguise and I knew it was him because of the way he lit a cigarette. Well, and I've always said, if I ever was a cigarette smoker, I would definitely roll my own. Because mm-hmm. don't you love that when they, you know, they pull out their papers and they're always talking about something different while they're doing it. And, well, we'll go in through the East Corridor and, Jimmy, you'll <laughs> take care of the security guard there. Don't kill him. Just knock him out. And, and then they, hold on a second, and they stop and they lick the cigarette wrapper and then they roll it up and they've got this perfectly round, looks like it just come out of the pack. I promise I've seen a filter on one of these. <laughs> Bad movie making, but. Well, it's, um, you know, it's the same thing I get out of smoking my pipe. I've gone back to, to smoking my pipe a little bit more lately, mostly just because of how much cheaper it is. And there's a certain, as the reason that I've had this pipe for almost a decade, but I only smoke it very occasionally because I'm not very good at it because the pipe has more ritual to it, I think, than probably anything else because you got to pack the bowl and you got to tamp it down and light it. you got to do all this. And so I'm developing those habits and those tendencies and those rituals, and I'm getting better and better just because of more. the more time I'm starting to develop those those ritualistic behaviors associated with it. You know, and I think one of the things that our culture in America really lacks for is good ritual. Um, you know, one of the new shows that just come out, if you haven't watched it yet, it's called Rite of Passage. It's on El Rey Network. And it's this man that goes all over the world performing these manhood rites of passages. And if you think about it, unless you're Jewish, there's really not a solid moment that you go from being a boy to a man in American culture. Unless you join the service. Um, yes. It, well, in the service, it's kind of thrust upon you. Well, but, I mean, because it's not compulsory, I guess it, you kind of enter into it. I, 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 would, I would venture to say that most of those, you know, manhood or womanhood rites of passages are pretty much thrust upon you regardless of which society it takes place in. 
Well, I would always say you grow you grow up seeing these guys, especially if you've got a couple of buddies a couple of years or older than you, mm-hmm. and they go out and they run from the bulls, and you think, okay, in a couple of years I'm going to do that. In a couple of years that's going to be me there. So I don't know if that's thrust upon you or if that's just part of the culture, but if you ask the average American man, if I sit here and ask to you right now, Trey, when did you become a man? There are a couple of... of answers that tend to predominate, I would say, the American version of what that definition is. But true, true. There's a couple of events, but most of those events just happen. They don't happen at a set time on a set day. You know, a lot of times those events just become, you know, oh, well, when I found out she was pregnant or when I, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that or stuff. prom goes, night or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> yeah, whatever it happens to be. So I think we miss a little of that in culture. I think it's really important to have those steady markers. What are the other things? I'm, I'm going to get a little personal on the show tonight. Um, Stay on your side of the table. <laughs> um, is, is one of the things that I'm kind of experiencing in my life right now is, is the removal of a ritualistic behavior. You know, this is going to be now the second episode that I've recorded with us where I haven't had a drink. Um, I made the decision to get sober about 12 days ago right now, actually. It'll be, it'll be 15 days by the time the show gets posted. And one of the things that I'm finding that's so interesting about this is that how much of it has to do with that ritualistic behavior. You know, I'm, I had not realized how much of, of my life was spent, you know, pouring a beer and holding and drinking. You know, it, was, it wasn't about... It wasn't about anything else than just the comfort of holding it in my hand, just like the cigars are. And it's it's really, really, it's kind of fun to explore those different, the different ways in which it was an influence. And because because I feel the same way about my cigars I did about the beer, which is just like this is this is my time, and it's it's, it's kind of fun. Well, a cigar is such a companion for me to relaxing. Um, generally, if I'm thinking, okay, it is now time to recharge my batteries, that involves the setting where I'm going to smoke a cigar, whether that's on my back porch, whether it's in a canoe, whether it's on the riverbank, whatever I'm doing that I'm going to recharge, I generally reach for a cigar. And I don't think it has anything to do with the construction of the cigar so much as the ritual mm-hmm. of bringing it to my mouth, of inhaling, of feeling the, you know, it feeling my senses to that point. And, uh, and, you know, to your point, when my father quit smoking, he started playing guitar. Um, they were in Florida, and my great uncle went and bought him a guitar and said, "You're driving me nuts with nothing to do with your hands." And Dad started learning to play the guitar because he was used to having cigarettes to deal with with his hands. Mm-hmm. So it's it's real interesting how this how the cigar smoking kind of transcends just okay. We're going to go find a great cigar. We're going to pursue a great cigar, but it's the process. Yeah, it it's. And it starts, for me, it starts when I leave work on Wednesday afternoons. Because this, not only just the enjoyment of the cigar itself, but also now now the recording of the podcast of, of sitting down with a good cigar that I know I'm going to enjoy, or maybe a cigar that I've never had before, getting to have that unique experience. And the, you know, 
walking through Austin's humidor and seeing what new stuff he has in and then setting the gear up and breaking the gear down and all of that has become a big part of it for me too. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, um, and I always draw a difference between ritual and habit. Um, habit is something that you just do. Habit is something that for good or bad you, you know, almost subconsciously do. Ritual is always on purpose. You're always dead on on purpose with your ritual. Something you get to do versus something you have to do. That's that's probably as as excellent a description of it as you could get. Because mm-hmm. that really kind of fills it out. Now, as I'm sitting here enjoying this Amazon basin, sorry Trey. <laughs> and I'll, they, I'll have one soon enough. <laughs> well, they produce these in a very unique way. They actually twist the tobacco. They put the tobacco in these turners, and they twist the tobacco very, very tightly and make it really break down all of those individual leaves and release the oils and really makes the um, that tobacco come alive. So this cigar I'm smoking right now just has a lot of body to it, but no bite. Okay. Really smooth. Um, when your shop gets them in, definitely get you one. I came in here the other day and I smoked one and I went ahead and bought another one for wrestling this weekend because my wrestling events are a big deal. The guys come over. We all get to hang out. Is it time for another one already? Oh, money in the bank this weekend. Big one. So, and we usually have a little betting going on and it's a lot of fun just to sit on the back and be guys and smoke cigars. So now I'm starting to pick, okay, this is the cigar I want to smoke during the Money in the Bank match this weekend. <laughs> so as long as they don't screw with the card, that works out really well. Right. Now, about time for us to step away for a quick break. We'll ease away. Um, we'll come back. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the new cigars coming out. Absolutely. ICPR is just right around the corner. Yeah, it's, uh, I, think about, I think, about a month away now. Right, and it's in Vegas this year. It isn't is. It? It's back in Vegas this year. And there's a lot of new stuff being announced, and I want to talk about some of the stuff I've heard, and I want to hear some of the stuff you've heard. It sounds like a plan. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. Sitting here, this is Shane Reeves. I'm smoking the Amazon Basin. Um, special edition cigar only comes out every three years, and I am thoroughly enjoying it. I'm sitting across from Trey. Tell me about your cigar. Uh, so I am really enjoying the bull, as I always do. This is one of those cigars that we were just talking off the air uh, about those cigars that you walk by all the time, and every time you pick it up, you you think, why don't I smoke this more? You know, I remember when they first came out, they were priced a little high in the marketplace. But while everything else has come up around them, either that or my taste have just gotten to where an $11 cigar doesn't scare me like it used to, that this should easily be in my rotation. So when you first started smoking cigars, what was your price limit for a good cigar? Five bucks. Wow. You started lower than I did. I started at eight. Yeah. Well, see, that was back in 2005 where... Yeah, I think I've talked about this on the show before. We had Don Tomas and La Roma de Cuba uh, hadn't been sold off to their respective parent companies now yet. And so that they were still in a really low price point. 
like right around the five six dollar a stick range and so i that was what i smoked it wasn't until maybe it wasn't until that maybe a year after i'd started smoking when i moved up to the don Pepin and those cigars and and got closer to that eight eight dollar range well i was, I was sub ten dollars for the longest time if we don't beat this legislation, this FDA legislation, I don't think you'll touch a premium cigar for less than 10 bucks in the future. No, I think you're right. But the thing is, you know, there are a lot of great cigars out there under $10, but even the cigars that cost 7 bucks right now, I would pay $10 for those cigars. Most of them, because of how competitive the market has gotten lately, they're really good cigars. And if that becomes the basement of the industry, then I... I, I'm not looking forward to it. I would have to cut back, but it, it would it wouldn't be the end of the world for me. Well, I just you know you, th- which I pay less than retail for most of my cigars because I wait till they're you know on deals or I'm at an event or I hear about an event somewhere and it's a good road trip, a good day trip for me and the wife, mm-hmm. something like that where I know they're going to be doing fifteen or twenty percent off a box and give you four or five in addition to that, so you can really knock down what you're spending on your cigars when you get to that. Yeah, and that's that's a really big thing, you know. Being able, being able to, we've talked about event purchases before, but it, it makes such a big difference in having a stocked humidor of stuff that you like to smoke, but also getting out and trying new things. I, you know, I, I'm probably, I'm more on the retail side now than I used to be, but there was a long time where all I bought were boxes. And, you know, pretty much every shop in the country is going to give you a box discount. And then if you're at a show, you get freebies and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really easy to stay below that whatever that retail price point is if you're just if you just plan ahead a little bit well and switching subjects i'm really proud of my wife this week she got her box of fat bottom bettys in which fat bottom betty they are a flavored cigar they're made with drew estate through deadwood tobacco company from it's deadwood where they have the big motorcycle rally and they have three cigars they have the fat bottom belly betty the crazy alice and the Sweet Jane, and those are actually named after legendary women there at Deadwood Tobacco. Oh, interesting. And they're flavored cigars, but they're just hint of flavor. So I think maybe in another 10 years I can get her out of flavored cigars into something that tastes like a cigar. Mm -hmm. And then I won't have to maintain two humidors because I don't let her flavored cigars ever come into my humidor. Which is a great top tip, by the way. (laughs) If you are... Uh, gonna have flavored and non-flavored cigars. It's best to keep them separate if you enjoy the taste of your non-flavored cigars and want to keep them that way. Hey, I always consider that the mark of a good shop. Absolutely. A lot of shops have a separate humidor where they do keep their flavored stuff in. I'm not bashing flavored stuff. If that's what you like, smoke it. But it's funny, you know, I have a friend that uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've, I've gotten still... Yeah, still smokes the flavored stuff on occasion, but now venturing out into like the Oliva G and some of the um, some of the Perdomo Champagne, some of the lighter stuff, but still getting into that, getting into the non-flavored stuff. It's it's really fun for me as as someone who's been around cigars for so long to watch someone grow in their tastes and their palate and things like that. So this year at the IPCPR show. CAO is actually going to release a Fuma Encorda, which is this Amazon basin 
that I'm smoking, but a special edition of a special edition. Now, will this one only come out every eight years? How's, <laughs> how's that going to work? Is it like super secret probation? <laughs> I don't know what they got going on there, but, but I'm interested C. to get one. Yeah, I would be I would be interested to try. What is it that's going to be so much different about that than the one you're smoking? Do you know? Well, it's still going to use the Bronca, mm-hmm. Braganca tobacco, but it's going to be a different blend using that tobacco and the Nicaraguan, Dominican, Honduran, and all that. So it's going to be a slightly different blend, but it's still going to use that basic, hard, rare-to-find tobacco. So they're just going to take the concept and just make an, an additional cigar in that vein. Yeah, so I'm interested to do that. And I tell you, that's one of the things that's really cool this time of year, the ICPC, IPCPR show. <laughs> I'm never getting that right twice in a row. Is always where cigar retailers go to release their new product. Mm-hmm. Um, cigar store owners are there buyers are there they're there to see what the new product uh, most excited most thing thing i'm most excited to see at the show this year undercrown shade sungrown i cannot wait <laughs> is that something they've been teasing for a while yeah drew estates has been teasing it for a while and every time i i see kyle i twist his arm just to be sure he don't have one rolling around in the floorboard of his vehicle that i need to get from him um, you know, just keep it from rolling under the brake pedal, causing yeah. a fatal car accident, something like that. Uh, this one fell off a truck. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just anything like that. But I'm always twisting his arm and he still hasn't got it. But I'm very excited to see that. Um, what have you heard about coming from the show? So I haven't heard much show wise, but there is a little piece of industry news that I'm really excited about. And Everyone should know by now that I'm a huge gadget freak. I love the accessories. That was the part of the industry that I was in. Zycar has teamed up with one of my favorite boutique cigar companies, Romacraft, and they're going to be doing licensed accessories uh, branded with all the Romacraft logos and things like that. And I'm sure they'll be at the show, uh, but they just released it this week. They're going to be doing, you know, Neanderthal branding on all of their XI2 and X or XI1 and XI2s. They're going to be doing a couple of different lighters and some ash cans and some things like that. They're even going to brand the scissors, which we've talked about scissors on the on the podcast before and I love Zycar scissors. I think they do the best cutting scissors of anyone on the market cuz they fold up, they fit on a keychain, they stay sharp forever. And I'm definitely going to have to pick up a set of those that has the Romacraft logo because I don't, I don't smoke nearly as many of those on the show as I do the crowned head stuff. But I am equally as in love with Romacraft's uh, blends and cigars as I am with crowned heads. Well, Romacraft makes one of the few Candelas that I really like. The Romacraft Candela is just a absolutely wonderful cigar. The rep was here at the show one night. And he handed me one, and I was like, ah, I just I don't care for Candela. He said, no, trust me, you want to try this one. And he was right. I mean, he was 100%. It's, it is the, the one I can handle. I'm interested to see what Rocky comes out with. I wonder if this will be a lighter year, because, you know, two years ago, Rocky seems like they came out with 20 new cigars at the show. I did hear they've got a new vintage they're coming out. I think it's the 2006 um, so they've got a new vintage blend, which the vintage blends tend to be a little bit on the lighter side. 
So I'll be interested. I, I'll, I'll definitely try it. I, I'm not a huge fan of the vintage line just because it's a little lighter than my taste, but I do like what they've done with that line of cigars. And so this new one, if it's anything like the others, will definitely be worth the price of admission. Well, and if you're getting into cigars, if you're just starting, if you're in the infancy, as we call it, of your cigar smoking, it's hard to beat Rocky. It's hard not to reach for Rocky Patel products because those products seem to always deliver. Mm-hmm. They may not be the strongest and they may not be the most complex cigar that you smoke that night, but they're always going to deliver just a, a great flavor. I really enjoy them. And of course, I'm partial. I like Heath, our local rep. He's absolutely wonderful. Every time he shows up, I usually end up getting something that just has a name printed on the label. It doesn't oh, yeah. really have the, la- <laughs> hey, the label hadn't been made for these yet, but smoke this and tell me what you think. And that's one of the great things about having a relationship with a um, particular rep is you get, you, know, you get to kind of give them feedback that you know they're going to carry back to the home office. And not only that, but feedback that they can take into shops. And, you know, if they've, they know what they think about it when they smoke it, but they may not know what other people's opinion is. And so it gives them the ability to go in and say, you know, I'm hearing a lot of this or everyone that smoked it compares it to this and it helps when you're trying to sell a cigar it really helps to put whoever's about to smoke it for the first time in the frame of mind of what to expect so those types of preliminary smokings help help them frame that part of the conversation well in the 55 um they just came out with last year is one of my favorite smokes and i love it either in the largest size the seven by 60 oof or the smallest size, the 4 by 50 <laughs> I like it in both of those sizes equally well. And that's, You're a man of extremes. <laughs> it is. I don't care for the mid-range of it. I mean, it's still a good cigar at the mid-range. I won't throw it out. But if I'm going to have one, I'm either going to have the smallest or the largest. And that's, it's just different. And I'm interested to see what they come out with at the show. Uh, Drew Estates has a bunch of different stuff, but okay, let's talk about the show for a minute. All right. Why is the public, the general public, why can you and I not buy a ticket to Vegas and go walk into the show and look at what new is coming out? Well, the name of the organization is literally the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers. (laughs) So, (laughs) But where are the retailers without their customers? Well, it's true, but I think just as they rely on the reps to bring in stuff for them that they can that they can sell to their consumer they're also they do the same when they've got them all in one room i think it's more about hearing from the reps and getting their opinion on it than it is i mean now you can still it i I, you can't do it in I, i believe this year they cracked down on it but in years past you've been able to take a certain amount of guests with you so if you're biggest spenders or you know, things like that. You've been able to take some people into the show, but I think this year they actually restricted it just to employees and shop owners. Well, and see, to me, that's just foolish. Um, Okay, so it's Monday through Thursday is the show. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, let's open it up to the general public. Let's let the public walk in there and walk through and kind of get a feel. It's kind of like a, you know, a boat show only letting marinas in. Well, but I, I think the difference there, I think there's two things... Um, number one is it's it's not so much a, a show and an expo as it is a um, a trade show. And it's, you know, I, I know I, I really love cigars and I really love the industry, but, you know, if, if there was a 
you know, air conditioning trade show in town. I don't know that I'd necessarily want that to be open to the public. I'd necessarily want to go in. I don't know that uh, it would it would have the same flair for me. But I think really, if I had to guess, the biggest thing that's getting in the way of that is probably tobacco laws. You know, these manufacturers aren't allowed to sell directly to the public. They have to go through a distributor. So especially on the heels of the whole FDA regulations of being able to give out free samples and things like that. I think you run into a real gray area, if not a black area, of being able to give cigars for free to the general public. You've got an age restriction thing that you'd have to worry about. You've got tax revenue. You've got the fact that they're not able to sell to the public. I think I think that's probably getting in the way more than anything else. It sounds like a bunch of red tape, and the red tape is meant to be cut. They could put, i say they could put less than a 1,000 calories collectively into figuring out how to get my ass through those doors, and it would be well worth their time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Las Vegas. It's, you know, anything goes. Can we not just go with that? Well, even if you did it like a cigar event, like Smoke on the Water or something like that, where you pay a price of admission and you get a goodie bag, that is, you know, price point where it's not, you know, it is coming from a distributor. It's not coming direct from the manufacturer. You could do, you could set something up like that. I just think it would be a nightmare to manage. Well, they do it at the barn smoker. I mean, you walk into the barn smoker, they give you a box of Drew Estate goodies and there's five or six cigars in there and there's a couple of stickers and a couple of hats and you know, part of your ticket price for that covers that. So I don't understand why the same principle doesn't work. Yeah. No, I mean, I wonder, I'm, I'm sure it's come up at some point. I'm sure they've thought about it. I'm, you know, it's it's a little bit of a madhouse out there anyway. I could only imagine if you uh, if you let any old Tom, Dick, or Harry that wonder when are you guys going to get Cubans <laughs> running around on the trade show floor? I think you, it, it, may, it may just be a situation where it's more of a headache than it's worth. It may be. It may be something. I mean, obviously, I'm not the smartest guy in the room usually. So there's probably good reason for it, but it feels to me more like laziness than actual good reasoning. It could be a little bit of both, honestly. I want to hear everybody give us their opinion. Go to facebook.com slash thecigarcast. Give me your opinion. I want to know. I'll I'll remind when this episode drops that I want to know your opinion should the general public be allowed into the IPCPR show. Not every day, but should there not be a, a day of the show that's okay if I want to jump, if I want to buy a plane ticket and I want to fly to Vegas and I want to play craps and I want to go to the IPCPR show as my cover story, can I not do that? Or at the very least, can a couple of schlubs with a fledgling podcast get in? Come on. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we talk about you people every week. <laughs> but, but now it's kind of like trying to get into a 70 or a 1930s prohibition bar. Right. You got to know the password to get in. <laughs> Um, I want to I want to switch gears for a second and, and talk about something that I saw from an industry news standpoint earlier this week. Just because you've talked about the uh, Avo Fogata on the show uh, quite a bit about all the different tobaccos that it's got in it and what a good cigar it was and how much you enjoyed it, uh, they actually just announced that they're go- that the Avo Synchro Nicaragua and the Fogata are both now coming out in Puritas, which is the little four by thirty. Um, come in a 10 a 10 count 10 I'm from Tennessee I can't separate those two different words one's a number one's a metal and they're going to be priced at about 25 bucks each which 
Since I haven't been able to find or get my hands on a Fogata yet, this might be the, the best entry point for me to be able to get a hold of this cigar. Well, and I buy the Padron, um, Panat- I call them Panatellas, but that smaller size, that 4 by you know, 4 by 50 4 by 40 whatever they happen to be. Mm-hmm. And there's 10 of those, and it's about that price point, $25, $30. It's one of my favorite things. If I'm going, you know, if I've had to drive to the other side of town to check on a job and I'm rolling back toward the office and I know I'm going to be in the truck for 15 or 20 minutes, it's the perfect smoke. Mm -hmm. And I'll, it don't produce such a volume of smoke as to stink up my truck. I can roll the window down and be perfectly okay to smoke that all the way back. Right. And that, that, I, I use that size of cigar for the exact same thing when I've got a, a little break on lunch or when I've got a short trip or something like that. It's great for it's great for around town. But speaking of a short trip cigar, when you're going to do that, you don't want to spend too much. So let's do a cigar under $8. Nice segue. Thank you. I wor- It's a stretch, okay, but I worked <laughs> for it. So this week's cigar under $8, we're going to do the Punch Grand Puro Nicaraguan. Now, I had the opportunity to have this cigar at the grand opening event here. Um, and I was really surprised. I hadn't had a, a punch that I've liked in a very long time. Uh, I'm trying to even remember the name of of, it was, uh, of the one that, the last one they came out with that I really liked. It was called like a black label or something like that. It's been been a decade ago now, but I hadn't had one of their cigars in a long time. I was really impressed with the flavor it had. Well, the punch grand is it the Grand Corojo? Uh, yeah, this the Grand Corojo was the one they came out with last year that I really enjoyed. And it was that $11, $12 smoke. But I really enjoyed it. I smoked, I got on a kick where I smoked four or five of those, and then I moved on to my next kick. But this Puro Nicaragua, I had it. I really enjoyed it. Jonathan, he was here at the shop. He put me on it. He said, you know, we just got these in. You need to give this a shot. And if it's Nicaraguan, you know I'm... I'm 90% there just by the time you say Nicaragua. <laughs> and uh, now this is, um, it comes in Churchill, Corona, Robusta, Toro. So let's give General Cigar their credit where credit is due. They're very consistent with their shapes. Rarely ever do they come out with a cigar that's just in one shape. Right. The price point on it, the biggest one, the Churchill, seven and a half by 54, seven bucks. Yeah, you can't beat that. A lot of smoke for the money, just enjoyable. Um, it's not destination smoking for me. It's not like this this Amazon Basin, but for a cigar just to relax and enjoy, it's wonderful, and it's priced to be that cigar. I think mm. it's a good piece of marketing the way they put that together. It's going to be a staple of my golf bag when it gets around to fall, when I start going back out again and walk in the course. It's going to be. It's definitely going to be a staple in my bag. Yeah, it's a a great cigar for that. You know, my shade is my standard golf cigar. I've started picking up the La Aurora and the Alec Bradley four packs and the humidified bag to Mm -hmm. stick into my golf bag because that's so handy because usually you're playing in a foursome and you have enough cigars if everybody wants one, and the La Auroras are always excellent. Absolutely. So the price point on this, once again, it's the... Punch, Grand Puro, Nicaraguan, and it seems like Punch, did Punch not just dump a whole lot of money into advertising about two years ago? Yeah, they did, and, and we've, I've been talking to Austin about this. He's brought a little bit of their stuff. He's brought, he's expanded the general line in the humidor a little bit, and, you know, 
General is one of those brands in the industry that you either you either smoke them or you don't, or you you, you know, they're in every humidor, so you may walk by them if you're looking for something specific. But they are they are doing some really innovative and great things, and I think we'll be seeing a lot of really unique stuff released by them at the show this year that I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on. They're not just they're not just doing the status quo anymore. They're actually producing and innovating and, and that's really exciting to me. Well and it's what they needed to do. They their lineup had got a little stale. So I'm glad to see them, you know, the conciliary when they put it out and now this Amazon basin is they branch into more exotic tobaccos and different styles of construction. I'm really glad to see that because I think if you're a cigar company, that's what you've got to do. Absolutely, especially in this ever-changing marketplace where there's newcomers, you know, swinging for the fences every day. You've got to you've got to be willing to take a chance or two. Well, and that's that's the joy of this wonderful country we live in. It's a free market economy. The best products will always rise. Absolutely. Well, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Let's kind of just, um, I'm about ready to finish this cigar and just relax. I've enjoyed the podcast this week, talking to everybody. Very relaxed podcast this week. I have to say, I, I'm beginning to think I'm an egomaniac because one of my favorite things to do is sit and listen to my podcast on the weekends. But I'm, it's just one of those things. I just, I enjoy the podcast. And if you guys are out there enjoying a cigar this weekend and listen to the show, hit us up. We are... Um, on Twitter and Instagram at The Cigar Cast. Of course, you can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. And as always, we look forward to your emails, info at thecigarcast.com. Uh, drop us a line, introduce topics for the show. If there's a new release that you want to hear, either you want us to try and kind of do a review of, or if you want to just uh, let us know what's going on, hear us talk about it, or anything in between, uh, give us drop us a line and we'll uh, probably bring it on the show. And we're actually... Uh, gonna introduce some contests and some things coming up, so we're gonna really try and, and boost the the customer the the listener interaction aspect of the show. So look forward to that coming down the pike. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>